What's going on, friend? What's going on with you? This is Jonathan Soul, and welcome to episode three of Nonfiction, where I go through some headlines that caught my eye in the news, uh, headlines that I think will be impactful to African people throughout this world, around the world. All right, let's get into it. So, all right, so home security, right? Home security is important to everybody. I know people, I know that the politicians and the media is saying that the economy is good. And thankfully, everybody that I know is working, which is a blessing. I can't, I couldn't always say that. But there's still people struggling out there. I mean, let's face it. If the economy was that dope, would there be people doing Uber full time? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's not a job, especially young people. I can see retired people. I work with a lady who, you know, uh, you know, she retired from the from the gig or whatever. A few months later, I'm walking from the market and I see her sitting on the side of, you know, on the sidewalk with a uh, lift, um, you know, with a little sticker or whatever in the window. I say, hey, miss such and such and blah, blah, blah. I can dig a retiree, but 20 some year old person with educate. Really? So anyway, so what's going on? So they have this uh, doorbell. Right. And this is talking about security. They have this doorbell by Amazon called Ring. All right. So what is Ring? Ring is a uh, is a company that makes these doorbells with cameras. They have like a cloud, you know, storage back in and they have a little app where, you know, if I if I, you know, walk up in front of your you know, property, the camera is supposedly supposed to catch the, the motion and turn on and record. I should be able to see it on my app on my smartphone, right? Uh, somebody hits the doorbell, or I should be able to, you know, intercom them like a walkie-talkie kind of vibe. It sounds really groovy, and it's and it's cheap. It's less than two hundred bucks. When I say cheap, you know, what I mean relatively less than two hundred bucks on Amazon, right? So it says, okay, this sounds cool. You know what I mean? Because hey, let's face it. You know what I mean? How many of y'all don't get your packages if you order from Amazon, which I still do? How many of y'all get y'all stuff delivered at work as opposed to home? Because you're afraid somebody going to snatch your shit. I mean, let's be honest. It killed me when Amazon, I ordered a blender one time. And, you know, you're used to seeing the Amazon box and everything, whatever. And they started, like, taking pictures and, and, and sending it to you. So the little Amazon app pop up. You see, it's on your doorstep. I ordered a blender. Don't you know they just had the this, this shipping label on the blender box, like the product box itself? So all my neighbors knew I just ordered this, you know, hundred, you know, eighty dollar blender. I'm like, come on, Amazon, God, is it, okay. I'm, I'm, what's the point? The point is, this ring uh, doorbell thing, Amazon has folded a partnership with local police into this whole situation. All right, let me let me read my notes here. Let's see here that Amazon has built the partnership uh, of the doorbell with the police, according to the Electronics uh, Frontier Foundation (EFF). Uh, also, the Washington Post did an article about it. Over 400 police departments are using this device, uh, the, the the device's network, to increase surveillance. These partnerships allow uh, police access to video footage. Uh, the net, the camera networks are becoming part of a new city map that is being built for police uh, and, uh, and and other agencies. Because in the Washington Post article, it said 300 agencies. 
So we don't know if they are police. Uh, Amazon bought uh, Ring in 2018, I believe, for $800 million. More information on EFF.org, which is Electronic Frontier Foundation and Washington Post. So I was literally thinking about buying one of these things. And I still might. <coughs> I mean, if the thing, <coughs> sorry, if the thing is facing outward, that might not be a bad thing. When I look at different people I follow on Instagram, <clears throat> some of them are security people, and they show video footage of people with the cameras on the inside of the house, which I think is a good idea. You know what I mean? So, but having the police be able to access that without letting you know, I mean, that's, I'm just giving you guys just a heads up. You might say, oh, Jonathan, what can we do? But I'll give you a heads up. All right, uh, let's see. This is a more interesting story here. Uh, hackers hit Joe Berg. So, you know, for us, when we think about South Africa, we think Dave Chappelle, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of things. Or you might think, you know what I mean, Nelson Mandela, whatever. Okay, and for you non-techies out there, ransomware is an evil program that you download on your machine by mistake, and it basically locks up your files. The technical term is encryption, but it locks up your files. And the only way you can unlock it is with a key, right? Some some kind of text or some code that you get from the person who created the malware, you know, which is called ransomware. They call it ransomware because they won't give you the key unless you pay the money. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's the, you know what I mean? That's like the, the non-technical. So the city, right? The municipality, the city of Johannesburg, South Africa, got hit with some malware, all right? And these motherfuckers, uh, these, these, uh, these, these hackers, they call themselves shadow kill hackers. Uh, this is, you know what I mean? And, and they're asking for four Bitcoins. Now, I haven't looked at the price of Bitcoins in a minute. I just Googled it, and it looks like Bitcoin is somewhere around 4,600 US dollars. So let's see. So four times nine is what? I'm waiting. All right, so I'm going to go to the little article, right? And it says here, this is the twit. This is the twit. <laughs> this is the tweet from uh, the city of Johannesburg's uh, official Twitter account. Uh, let's see. The city of Johannesburg has detected a network breach which resulted in an unauthorized access to information systems. Uh, the incident has been investigated by city of Joburg cybersecurity experts who have taken immediate and appropriate actions to reinforce security uh, uh, measures to mitigate, so basically, they don't have. I guess maybe they don't have the kind of um, what do you call it? Uh, there's supposed to be some kind of like a network level scans that happen to see this kind of shit. Uh, generally speaking, these things occur when somebody clicks on an email, like a link inside an email they shouldn't, or somebody downloads something that they shouldn't. When you're at work and you receive an email from somebody you don't know, don't open it. Or if you receive a suspicious email from somebody you know, call the person, you know, or text them and say, hey, did you send me this thing? Because a lot of times what will happen is they'll pretend to be somebody else in the header in the email will say your cousin. They call it spoofing, you know, and it won't even be them. 
So, you know, in most organizations, I'm, I'm in IT, in most organizations, in terms of security, the weakest link is always the user. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to tell you, man. There's a very wise desktop support man who I'll just call him RH. He says something that I live by. He says, you can't fix the user. <laughs> okay, you can't fix the user, man. You can't do it. So uh, so just be careful out there, family, in these uh, email web browsing streets that you don't mistakenly, you know. And can I be honest with you? Can I be brutally honest? Hope none of y'all are doing it. Don't be downloading porn at work. Don't be doing that. As a desktop person who's, who's went from the bottom, I mean, to the, crawling up under people's desks, plugging up phone cables and shit like that, supporting desktops, women and men be having mad porn saved on their laptops. What the hell? Are y'all crazy? Are y'all crazy? But here's the fucked up part about it. They see people. So let me tell you something about IT. This is the inside shit right here. Oh, my daughter would say the T. That sounds funny. Anyway, here's the inside shit right here. People think IT. They they think of IT people like janitors. They really do. You come in and fix their computer. They totally ignore you. They make some black conversation and then they totally ignore you. You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. So they just assume that we won't rat them out. It's not even ratting because it's like goddamn. There's been times when we've seen very, very, very bad, I'm going to say deviant. There's, you know, the way the these different groups are pushing, there's no such thing as class, decorum, uh, or, or deviant, but fuck it, it's deviant. There's been times where, like, the, the technician was, like, traumatized. Because because it was I remember it was one particular guy had to be a dude one particular guy had some really 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 deviant shit on his computer and for whatever reason I ain't gonna say I did it but this guy kept being assigned that that ticket he was like why I got this fucking ticket again you know what I'm saying so basically the guy ended up getting fired we reported him to human resources whatever investigation whatever. And the thing that's fucked up is these people make plenty of money. They could buy their own equipment. But, you know, when people get their work phone or their work laptop, they treat it like it's theirs. And they just they just think IT, you know what I mean? Just so don't don't put IT in that position, family. You know, what I mean, buy yourself laptops cost $200. You can get a brand new Chromebook, which is a browser with a keyboard essentially, you know, for 200 bucks. Don't don't put your if you're going if you don't do that not not with your work computer please don't do it all right let me go on let me oh my god let me go on that guy was like why well, can't get this fucking ticket I never forget that to to this day all right keep going okay all right all right all right now there are some of y'all who are diehard Democrats and that's fine you know what I mean everybody vote you know in, in in some sense it's like fuck it. You know what I mean? Which old white man are you going to vote for? You know, kind of a thing. So I get it. Now, some of us feel like, because we're so used, especially in the African-American community, we're so used to symbols, right? We know they're not going to do shit for us, but the symbol is nice. So Kamala Harris is one of those symbols. She's like the female version of Obama in the sense that people see her 
and they project their hopes and dreams onto her. When her history is exactly the opposite <laughs> of all your hopes and dreams, right? Here's an article to come out of Bloomberg, uh, October 14th, 2019 by Jeffrey Taylor. Let me try to read my little summary here. Uh, let's see here. What did, I, what did I write that down? God damn it. Did I write it down here? Basically, the way I interpret the article was Kamala's faithful. Their faith is going to be tested yet again because um, stories come out where she's being her office, her district attorney office was fighting uh, financial compensation payments for uh, people who were falsely accused, convicted and imprisoned under her watch. OK, so they name a few people. Uh, in this article, and a few different offenses. So they lead with Joe, uh, Jose Diaz. He, uh, he was uh, exonerated after serving a prison time in California prisons for two sexual assaults that he didn't commit. Okay, and so according to uh, the article, so it took him 19 years to get his um, conviction reversed. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Two of those years, uh, state of California. So basically, he was granted um, he was granted financial compensation. And according to the article, uh, let's see the article. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, a DSK a DS battle with uh, Harris office began in 2012 when a judge reversed his conviction. Um, her staff. Uh, resisted his claim for compensation and tried to make him re-register as a sex offender despite a formal ruling in April 2013 that he was innocent. So that's like one person. So when, when now, she's, now she's a senator, right? For as far as I can tell, she hasn't done anything of significance other than yelling at people at hearings and adjusting the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to add gay people. Now, America ha does not have a history of lynching gay people, does not have a history of enslaving gay people, does not have a history of passing laws um, to, and, and having institutional practices that prevent them from getting into well-funded schools, uh, allowing them to live where they want to live, getting loans from banks. They don't have institutional uh, bias and, 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 and anti-action against gays. America doesn't have that history. As a matter of fact, gay people have been at the in the levers of power in America for a very long time. There's uh, this brother who's a filmmaker named uh, Tariq Nasheed, and he's come out with a series, uh, you know, every year or so he comes out with a series called um, Hidden Colors. Hidden Colors is, uh, you know, history for people, you know, who don't necessarily read. You know, I, don't, I haven't watched any of the Necess uh, any of the his in the history because I I got the books and I've seen some of the people, you know what I mean. I've been fortunate to go to lectures with Malefic Antisante. I've seen Doctor Abbas Sardar in person. I've even seen um, Khalid Muhammad, you know, rest in peace. Uh, the elder Stephen Coakley. Who else? Um, uh, Ron Karinga. However you feel about him, you know, Malana Karinga. I've seen him, you know. So I've seen these people. I've read some of the books. Or whatever, you know. Um, so he's going to come out with a movie about breaking. 
So in part of the American, I don't know about South America, but American thing is they would, these white slave owners, these white uh, plantation owners would take these, these captured African men and they would rape them in front of the other enslaved African people. They would literally rape them. Only a gay guy would do that shit. No heterosexual man is going to rape and stick his dick in another man, but that's what they did. And so, you know, I remember, if you guys don't, I remember during the Reagan administration, uh, there was a lot of, um, you know, controversy about pages, meaning young boys who were acting as messengers between the different offices of the Senate and the House, I guess, or whatever. And um, it was a lot of homosexuality involved, and some of these kids were minors, so that's pedophilia or whatever. And I remember this one openly gay, uh, I believe he was a senator, said, if y'all don't stop fucking with me, I'm going to present a list to the media of all the gay uh, Congress members, you know, in Congress. And the shit got quiet. If you dig deep into Hollywood and see who's, who's green-lighting all these movies, there's a lot of gay people in there. So, you know, have there been uh, people attacking people at gay bars and, and all that kind of stuff? Sure, sure, sure. But... That's not like, uh, that doesn't compare to the atrocities to the Ma'afa that African-Americans have, have, have endured. But Kamala Harris and Cory Booker amended that Civil Rights Act to add gay people to it. So she has a history of using the DA's office to oppress black and brown people. I ain't even talk about her sending the DA to the parent-teacher conferences. I don't know if how many of you guys, gals, are listening to me are parents, but hopefully if you're a parent or aunt and uncle or grandma or whatever, if y'all been to a parent-teacher conference, you know how, you know, sometimes it can be challenging. Now imagine, for whatever reason, your kid has been missing a lot of school. If your kid is missing a lot of school, that's already drama. You're trying to work that out. No parent worth a damn, wants their kid uh, missing school. Most of the time when kids miss school, it's a problem. That means that the parent doesn't have resources or the kid is sick or the, the, there's some trauma involved or whatever. Don't you know that Kamala Harris used to send district attorneys uh, to these parent-teacher conferences whose who, who kids are truant? How in the fuck do you inject the district attorney's office into the public schools. So when people talk about a school to prison pipeline, it's motherfuckers like her that are part of that vibration. Now I know that if you're a heart, uh, if you're a uh, Kamala Harris fan, there is nothing that's going to change your mind. And I'm not even trying to, I'm not even trying to, I mean, to be perfectly frank, it's not. I, I don't have a whole lot of hope for any of these candidates other than maybe Yang or uh, Williamson, who look like she's fading out. Uh, Tulsi, I don't know about Tulsi, but I mean, she's fun to look at. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I don't have a lot because let me ask you. Let me let me ask you this: If you elect Jesus Christ and Muhammad as his vice president, you still got to deal with Congress. You see what I'm saying? It's like even if you elect the perfect being into the White House and, and, and everything, 
you still got to deal with the Supreme Court that's upholding bullshit. You still got to deal with Congress who, uh, if you say, I want to close Guantanamo on my first day in office, and they don't, they don't support you, they don't give you the funding that you need, what you supposed to do? If you're trying, like Trump, for whatever reason, trying to pull most of the troops out of some place that's been there too long, if Congress fights you, what are you supposed to do? So I tell you what, this AD, this ADOS thing with uh, Antonio Moore and uh, uh, Yvette Carnell, with a Cornell, Carnell, Carnell. I heard that they say that that people, the African American people, should fo- vo- focus focus on the down ballot, meaning not necessarily vice president, president, but the local. And I agree. Because I, I'm kind of a news hound a little bit. And when I see stories about an open Nazi got elected in whatever state in the Midwest, he's not going as a senator. He's going as a local, you know, city council or something. So that's where these motherfuckers are sneaking in. When you got cities, and it's happening in the cities where they say, we'll let illegal aliens vote in our elections. Now, my daughter... He doesn't like the term illegal alien because, of course, she grew up with kids who are Spanish. I grew up with kids who are Spanish. But your, 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 your warm, fuzzy feelings shouldn't have anything to do with how my tax money is spent. You know, my, some of my best friends when I was in school was Jamaicans. To hear the stories of how long it took for them to get their proper citizenship I mean, that shit is heavy. So, you know what I mean? So, I don't want to, that's a whole nother conversation. The point is, y'all be careful about this Kamala Harris stuff. I feel like the Democratic Party really wants to push her in because they're going to do, she's going to do everything that they want her to do, but it's not going to be good for black people. All of y'all have seen that video where she said, I'm not going to do nothing specific for black people. Y'all saw that. Y'all should also see how recently she tweeted about doing something specifically for Native Americans. So I know that all of us suffer from post-traumatic slave uh, disorder. I know that. I know that. Even if you don't put the slave in it, if you look up the symptoms for PTSD and you look at black people in the city, how they behave a lot of times, it's the same thing. But let's have some cultural esteem and let's let's not vote for people who basically spit in our face. That's basically what she's doing. She's basically spitting in your face. She's spitting in your face one man saying, I'm not going to do shit for black people. And then on the other, she goes to the Essence and she's a member of the sorority. Okay. I mean, I don't never listen to celebrities anyway when it comes to politics. I don't care who they are. Malcolm told us that a long time ago. But if you, if she got a history of this, right? She got a history of injecting the district attorney into the public schools. And now... We got video out. I just saw one the other day. I got to stop watching it. It's painful. Where these fucking cops are beating up girls, yo. They beating up girls. They beating up girls in school. And you in good conscience can vote for somebody who when um, the community in that area of Oakland, I believe it was, California, and um, they were asking uh, Kamala Harris's office for the records of cops that have complaints filed against them. She was fighting them on that. So 
I can get not knowing stuff and then and vote. And I get that. But if you know and you still vote, you know you got a problem. That's insanity. And I'm not judging you. All of us got a little insanity. I got I'm dealing with some insanity on my own. You know, I mean, all of us are. But not with this family. I mean, a cop murders you and you got to have a whole fucking social movement and you got to get on TV in order for you to get any kind of semblance of justice. That ain't happening every day. That might be one in a thousand. So, you know, if 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 some of us is like, fuck it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get it. You know, it don't matter. I get it. I understand. I personally think it's better for you not to vote than to vote for a devil like Kamala Harris. And I'm only talking about her policies. I'm not talking about her as a person. I don't know her as a person. All I know is that this lady sent district attorneys. And I remember that when she um, it was like a little lecture or a speech she was doing. And she was telling her district attorneys, I want you to put mean faces on. So the parent is already stressed out because they got to come home from work if they're working or stop whatever routine they're doing. And they got to go into the school system. School system, a lot of times, don't have, you know, always toilet paper and soap in the thing and and different programs. They cut out art a lot of times, you know, some sports uh, programs They cut out shop. You know, there was a time when you could, you know, you could become an apprentice off of a shop program you took in high school. All of these things, the computer labs are sometimes closing down or whatever. They're not teaching them any. So you went, you in school. Think about this, family. And I'm going to go into another topic. Think about this. You in school for 12 years for basic education, right? And in 12 years, you haven't learned nothing that can you can take into the marketplace and earn a living. No. You got to go four more years to learn something that the market will give a damn about. And then they say, well, you need experience. <laughs> we are definitely in a, in a bubble far as education. A bubble meaning the cost of it is ballooned, but the value of it is small. It really is. Uh, I'm getting to another thing. But Kamala Harris, be careful, fam. That's all I can tell you. All right, moving along. This story I thought was kind of funny. You know what I mean? But then it's like, eh. so, okay. No, I haven't seen this. This is the next story. I've never seen the TV show Breaking Bad. You said, what? You're crazy. No, I've never seen Breaking Bad. But I do remember asking my daughter, why is Malcolm in the Middle's father selling dope? Now, I do remember that. So I might have seen something. Apparently, there's some employees of the Washington, D.C. Uh, Customer and Regulation Affairs Office is caught selling fentanyl and heroin. All right. Two, two, uh, two, two, uh, two guys are named in this court document. Uh, let's see here. The court document was filed September the 25th, 2019. Let's see here. District Court of Eastern District of Virginia. And then it says uh, Daryl Marcellus Pope, a.k.a. T. And Ronald Maxwell uh, Gorham uh, are named and conspiring to distribute process with the intent to distribute 40 grams or more of fentanyl. 
uh, FBI and Prince William County Police uh, have been investigating a, a heroin fentanyl drug network in Woodridge, Virginia. Now, that's the high rent district, as far as I know. Uh, let's see here. A court document says uh, the Popo brought bought fentanyl and heroin from suspects on at least nine different occasions uh, with the purchase, uh, you know, all together, totaling just under around $10,000 in sales. So uh, the best I can tell you is that Trump needs to pay <laughs> these government people more. <laughs> well, that's the D.C. local government. So, you know, was it Marion Biles or whatever name is? She needs to pay people more. Um, here's a story uh, that kind of is kind of sad, but I have a happy, I think I have a happy ending for you. <clears throat> Death rates among uh, death rates due to suicide and homicide among persons 10 to 24 years old in the United States, 2000 to 2017. So basically, it looks like in the last uh, couple of years, meaning from 2016 forward, that the suicide rate has gone up amongst teenagers. Now, there was a myth a long time ago that black people don't kill themselves. And um, that's simply not true. Do we not kill ourselves? in the same numbers as white people? Absolutely. As far as I know. Um, now, if you challenge me, where's your evidence? I probably couldn't present it. But right now, I'm looking at a, um, a uh, let's see here. I'm looking at a document from the CDC. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. After a stable period from 2000 to 2027, suicide rates for persons 10 years old, oh my God, 10 years old to 24 increased from 2007 to 2017, while homicide rates increased from 2014 to 2017. So uh, I don't know about the, the, the homicide rate. I know that kids don't fight with fists no more. I know these kids are getting guns recently in a D.C. area. The Metro Police, meaning the, the D.C. cops, uh, and the cops for the subway system, they were looking for a 14-year-old girl who stabbed another girl. They, uh, you know, they were looking for, and they actually closed down a metro station. So um, it can be tough out there. The, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. When I was young, didn't have children, I just assumed that all these kids had bad parents. But as I grew older and had kids of my own, I realized that you can do everything possible. You can give them everything they need, protect them. And at the end of the day, kids make choices. And a lot of times the choices that they make aren't the ones that, that we are necessarily happy with. So I've come to the conclusion that, you know, most of it is, you know, of course, you know, spending time with your kid and, and the whole thing, keeping them in a, you know, relatively safe environment and spending time with them, listening to them every day when they come home from school if possible. But some of it is luck. Because there are kids, all, we all know them. Sometimes they're pat, there's preacher's kids, other, they got the mom and dad and everything. And they still turn out fucked up. You know what I mean? So so here here's my thing. The only thing I know, other than, you know, just lap time, is spending time with your kid. And one way you can do it is with comic books. He's like, oh my God, comic books, yeah. 
the reason I call it a show nonfiction is because usually I talk about comics. And comics is something that I'm passionate about for two reasons. One, I just like to draw, I like art, the whole thing, super, you know, that. The other thing is when my son was little, not so much my daughters, because my daughters, I would play, you know, dolls with them and we would build little stuff, pots and pans and all that kind of stuff. You know, take them to the park. But with my son, I used to buy comics, particularly Brother Man. I, I never bought like, uh, I didn't buy the white comics with him. I brought Brother Man comics, which is a comic book about like a attorney by day and like a superhero, like a like a vigilante, not super, no powers or anything, just super. And he would solve different problems in the city, which is called Big City. I think it was based on Philadelphia. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that when people are depressed, from what I, my understanding of depression, because a lot of us have been through it, you think deeply inward. And your your thinking is kind of circular, like you know this is fucked up. It's never going to get better. Da, 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 da. And you kind of ignore all of the resources that you have available to you, all the opportunities that you have available to you. You ignore or can't see all of the people that care about you. And so, for me, one of the ways you know that comic books can be the answer to reverse the suicide rate is that if you get a comic and go to johnthesoul.com and I got all the comics that I reviewed, I don't get any money for that. I just, you know, these are, I buy them myself, as a matter of fact. But it's an opportunity for you to sit down with your kid or your niece and nephew and read with them. Now, if you're reading their homework and stuff, that might be boring, that might be drag, you might have energy, whatever. But reading a comic can be fun. It doesn't take a lot of energy. And if they're old enough to read, then they'll just take over for you, you know? I mean, you bring them a book, hey, they'll see, you know, a black superhero, a black superhero-esque or whatever. And um, and then they can, even with the little toddlers, there are books that I reviewed on my YouTube channel, if you go to Jonathan Soul on YouTube, and then you'll see books. Uh, and so I think that this rising rate might be due, this may sound crazy, what if it's due to the economy? You're like, what? I really did think that children are vulnerable when they don't have lap time with their mom and dad. They're vulnerable. They, um, If they don't have the input from their mom and dad, and I know all of us don't have both parents. I didn't have both parents coming up. But so I made doubly sure that I was there for my children. And so what they do is they get this false definition of who they're supposed to be from their friends in school, from the music they listen to, and social media. You know, I don't think, I don't know if television is as much a factor anymore. I remember people were hating on Lifestyles of Rich and Famous because it was, make, you know, different people were saying that it's making poor people feel like shit. Well, now you got Instagram where people are posing with expensive alcohol, opposing this and third, and the kids don't see a route to that place. And so they feel less than, you know, uh, because even if the people who are doing this stuff aren't like uh, fronting, like aren't lying, they don't tell. Well, you know, I've been in the studio. Uh, I've been working, you know, till, you know, I work a day job and I work in the studio till two o'clock in the morning. And I got to, you know, they don't tell you to grind. They just tell you the, the end result. And so the kids don't see a way forward, you know, but they need to get their definition of self from their parents and build on that, right? Not the whole definition, but the base. 
and then they build on that. And so you can only get that to me by spending time with them. Not even just talking to them. Because trust me, that don't shit, that don't work. But you spending time with them. And again, a comic can be a, a way to do that. You know what I mean? Or, you know, playing, you could play video games or whatever. But at the end of the day, I think what this says in the African-American community is that these children who feel like all hope is lost. And so they either do bad behavior, like join gangs, get into fights, whatever, or they feel like hurting themselves and ending it all. It's because they aren't able to feel the love that their family has for them. And one of the ways they can feel the love that their family has for them is by spending time. Okay? That's why I say comic books. <laughs> so if you go to John the Soul. Matter of fact, let me just give you top 10 comics right quick. And then I'm going to end the show. Because that will end it on a happy note. Top 10 comics. So I'm going to johnthesoul.com. And then you see the old microphone that I bought. I had to take back because it didn't sound good. And you click on comic book reviews. All right. So right now, I'm just going to read the top 10 and give you all a sense. So I clicked on a link that says comic book reviews. So the first one is The Samaritan. This book is for teenagers. Because it's basically Superman, if he was like a wandering uh, wandering guy. So imagine somebody in hoodie Tim's uh, with superpowers, and he just wanders from city to city, helping people out, and then disappearing. In the nineties, uh, in the eighties, we used to have TV shows like that, like Incredible Hulk and um, uh, Rising Sun, Vanishing Sun, a Rising Sun. You know, eighties Kung Fu with David Carradine, where people just wander from town to town doing good. So that's what this character is, except it's some serious violence in this. So I would say just teenagers. That's number one. All right, number two, this is a classic, uh, Brother Man. Now, this is a $30 book. The other book, oh, this book, uh, The Samaritan, you can get on uh, IndiePlanet.com. Uh, thanks, five bucks or something like that, four or five dollars. It's two books. Uh, and all these books I'm telling you about, I got. Uh, classic Masculinity. So, so this book, uh, Brother Man Revelations, is a 100-page, large-format graphic novel uh, by um, one of the cats who have been doing comics for many years. Brother Man is this is basically a, a vigilante who puts on a mask, and he goes and he solves problems in the community. Um, it's just a great book. So this book is a prequel. And so it's a big emphasis on family and how... Antonio Valor's father, which is, uh, I think, Leonard Valor, how he developed. So it's a big emphasis on family. Um, it's a big emphasis on his father. His father was a gang member who became like an activist and everything like that. And it talks about his transformation and how he kind of inspired his son to become this almost like a Batman, you know. Yeah, like a Batman with all of the gadgets and stuff. All right. So and you can find that on Amazon.com. Brother Man Revelation. OK. All right. So the next book. Acid of the Gods, all right? So Acid of the Gods, you can go to Acid of the Gods with a Z instead of an S.com. This is, I would say, a, a, a middle school on-up book. No sex in or anything, but basically this fictional African world and these alien uh, in, foreign invaders are coming in and attacking, and they're trying to rally it, and the king is trying to rally up the forces to repel the invaders. Beautiful artwork, story is okay, um, it's not so heavy that a teenager can't follow it. You know, it's basic, you know, good story, good versus evil kind of thing. 
or asset of the gods with a Z. All right. All right. So um, this one, uh, I would give this to elementary school kids. Uh, well, like sixth grade, seventh grade, because the art is kind of, um, um, the art is, uh, well, you'll see it. The art is, uh, is um, compared to the other people, the art is approachable for younger people. I'll say it like that. The art is very approachable. Uh, father and dad, Earth got destroyed. They're making their living as bounty hunters. So there's some violence in there. So that's why I said maybe middle school on up. But if your kid is an artist and he draws comics, I think this would be perfect for him or her because they could probably approach this particular art style if they work hard. And you know what I mean? Like I, I knew cats in high school that drew at this level. So if they see that imprinted, because you can buy it in print. Um, and so all of these books, I'm telling you, um, if you just click on the little YouTube channel, I'll give you all the information, whatever. All right, let's keep going. Uh, see, the next one is uh, uh, is uh, Warp Zone. This is probably one of my favorite uh, books to review. So this brother, uh, Ted Lange IV, he came up with, just think of, um, okay, Doctor Who is a time traveler guy, right? He's in this little police phone booth. He travels around. So just imagine a kid in a hoodie and, and some shell top Adidas just going through doorways and meeting very groovy people. It's just it's just very groovy. It's almost like Doctor Who meets Gilligan's Island slash what's happening. You know what I mean? You know the TV show with the three guys and the mom, whatever? That's just the vibe I get. It's just it's very groovy. Um, you can get this to anybody, you know, any age group. Um, the art is very cool. You can go to Rosarium Publishing. Uh, dot com. You can go to uh, uh, Peep Game Comics with X dot com and get the digital. So all these books I'm telling you, most of them are digital because I found out that a lot of these kids are looking at comics or manga on their phone because a lot of kids have phones now. All right. Keep going. Oh, man, it's my favorite. I actually bought this a couple of times. Uh, so uh, Prince of Cats. This is an adult book. I say it's an adult because there's a little bit of nudity. Um, and there's some, you know, killing in here, but basically it's Romeo and Juliet, but it's like the DC and the eighties version. So, um, if you have a, a serious artist who reads or a literary, uh, you know, like a writer, teenager, I would say teenage on up to college, they would love this book. The art is amazing. He takes the uh, the Shakespeare story and he puts that ebonics on it. He adds a little bit of his own seasoning. It's incredible. I've literally this is this is next to Brother Man. This is one of the most amazing books I've ever read. All right, okay, let's see here. Uh, skip that one. Go to older Poe. Some of these books are out of print and it's going to be hard to find, so I'm not going to mention it. Again, if you so this one is called uh, Sankofa's Embrace. Sankofa is uh, this brother who wrote it. Um, he's one of those uh, archetypical artists. He writes, he draws. He's a musician, I think. Um, so this brother put out his own project. It's kind of like a, um, I'm going to say Lord of the Rings kind of vibe. You know, so they have some magic and it's like horse-drawn carriages and so forth. But their magic is based on the Orisha. So if you know anything about West African religion, the Orisha is basically like their, you know, their, um, <clears throat> you know, like, you know, their Asgard and Pantheon or whatever. That's what it's based on. So I bought this book. I love that. I reviewed it. It's a great book. Uh, 
And uh, another one. Okay, Power Knights. Power Knights, you can get us to anybody. Um, old school comic books, you know, warriors from out of space. Um, they came to Earth. Uh, they woke up on Earth after waging all these wars for their evil king in space. And so now they're here and um, they're trying to live human life. They look human, so they're trying to live regular human lives. But one of their number doesn't want to be low key. They want to take over the earth. And so there's some struggles going on. If you, It's almost like a... I'm not going to say it's like X-Men. I'm not going to say... <laughs> my daughter. I'm not going to say it's like X-Men or anything. But I'm going to say I get an X-Men vibe off of this. X-Men vibe. You can go to kid-comics.com kid-comics.com i think they're four issues and so and they're, they're like four bucks a piece or whatever and so honestly I, I buy some of these books and i hand them out to parents not kids but parents on the train because i want people to i want our kids to read badly and so that's what they need so um uh yeah so that's that's it the last one um is uh yeah that's it that's that's all there are other books but you know, if you're into like elves and and the Lord, there's there's one Niobe. Like the range is from like kids, like toddlers, all the way up to adults. And so, a lot of books I read, you can get access to. Some of the books I read, they're not in print. You know, some of them are straight adults only. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I talk to the creators in my on my podcast side of the game. I talk to the creators. Uh, and the writers and the artists and on the YouTube, I review their books. So anyway, fam, that's the news. Uh, thank you for joining me on this episode of uh, Nonfiction with Jonathan Soul. And uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Don't let none stress you out if you can help it because it's all bullshit at the end of the day. The stuff that you used to worry about at 11, you don't really worry about at 21 because you realize it's bullshit. And the stuff you used to worry about at 21, you don't worry about too much at 31, why? Because you know it's bullshit. You see a pattern? And then the stuff you used to worry about at 31, you stop worrying about at 41, why? So you might as well get ahead of the game. <laughs> Just don't worry because it's going to turn out to be bullshit. Love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true. JonathanSoul.com at JonathanSoul on Twitter, SoundCloud, uh, uh, you know, YouTube, uh, iTunes for my, um, for my podcast. All right? Love you guys. Hope all your dreams come true. Peace.